Welcome to Know Your Balls podcast, a podcast about everything sports presented by Latinique Media. I'm Avi Kargloff. Along with me, as always, my good friend, Robbie Williams. Robbie, good to see you, my man. Another fun, fun week of sports. Yeah, it's been a very interesting week, very busy week in sports. Good to be here. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. And uh, I'm not really anywhere. I'm just in my own house. I don't know. People just say that. Yeah, but like, you know, we're still, you know, you can still see me, I guess. I don't know. But I feel uh, like I'm going somewhere, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, have to, I feel like I'm like more dressing than usual. Up. Yeah, I have to like wear clothes and like look presentable and that kind of stuff. That's always fun. Uh, I shower once a week just for the show. That's Not fantastic, me. Robbie. I'm sure <laughs> the audience loves to hear that. Um, a quick thank you uh, to Tell ABQ. Go check them out, go listen to them. Uh, Thank, big thank you to them. Uh, we got a loaded schedule today. Cam Newton went viral recently. Uh, he had a, a skills or a quarterback camp or a football camp where uh, an interaction with a kid went viral. Robbie, you, I guess you have a lot to say about that. We'll talk about that. The NBA All-Star selections happened recently. Uh, some injury replacements. We'll get to that. Russell Wilson has been in the headlines recently. Is there a trade on the horizon? We have a resident Seattle fan, Jacob Stevenson, our, one of our producers. He'll be jumping in on that one. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, uh, offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans. He was a first-round draft pick. There was a whole situation with him and something that he tweeted, and uh, there's a whole situation with him that we'll get to. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, stories in news in general, the Tiger Woods car crash. We'll, we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, also, another Seattle topic that we'll get Jacob's thoughts on, Kevin Mather. Mather, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. The president of the Seattle Mariners got into some hot water and lost his job over some leaked comments. There's also a really wild ending between the Washington Wizards and the Denver Nuggets that I got some thoughts on. And then, of course, the great Albert Pujols. Is he retiring? Is he not? There, you know, Initially, it looked like he is going to retire. It, you know, maybe there's a little bit of pushback that he won't. We'll see. But regardless, we'll get to all of that. So, Robbie, we 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 have a lot, and I hope you I hope you know your balls today because we we have a lot we got a lot of them to talk about. Uh, and obviously, we got we got Cam Newton uh, and his viral moment with with the his with the camper at his camp. Uh, what was the, what was the first thing that what, that you that you thought of and you saw when? Uh, when you saw that situation kind of give everyone a breakdown for those who, who didn't see it. I just thought it was really funny that he started chirping back at the kid. Like this is a kid. I think they're all teenagers. They might be like 13, 14 at the most. I don't think they were even very old. Um, and you know, it's his camp and he's, I don't know what he was doing. He was walking around and you know, he walks by and they start telling him, uh, I think they started yelling at him saying he's a free agent. He said, you're a free agent. You're a free agent. He said, I'm rich. I'm rich. And I'm like, are you really <laughs> chirping back in the 13-year-old right now? Like, he got into, like, an argument with him, like, standing there for, you know, 30, 40 seconds or so, I think the video is. Um, and I just thought that was hilarious. Like, I feel like as a professional athlete, you should say, like, one thing and just, like, continue on your business, whatever you're doing at this camp, because it's just some kid obviously trying to get a reaction out of you as a kid. You know, he might not even really believe what he's saying. He's just saying it to impress his friends, to make a joke, to, to get a reaction out of you, you know, and you're feeding right into it. Um, and I think it, you know, you know, it says a lot about, you know, I don't know if he, you know, I don't think he likes how last season went. Um, and I think that kid, I wouldn't. You know, got under his skin there and it was kind of funny to watch, a, you know, a kid get under Cam Newton's skin because, you know, Cam Newton's been such a great player for quite a while and he just kind of fell off last year. He, uh, I, I'm impressed and kind of like bewildered of how much the story had legs. Like that's like a journalism term. Like it just stayed in the news cycle for like longer than I anticipated. I think there was like that initial video between Newton and the camper where the camper was talking to him. And then there was like another video that came out within 24 hours of like Cam Newton, like, like two minutes, like standing there and talking with him about like, I guess how you should act and how you should carry yourself and that kind of stuff. And, um, I, didn't then like, I, I think so. I, and I know the kid, like he, uh, I think he like apologized 
and that there was like a lot to learn from it. I know there's a lot of people writing opinion pieces on like how this is important and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm like, there, I think there's a lot more to it than just like the camper and, and the quarterback, you know, like, I think there's a lot of underlying pieces to it, I guess. I don't know. I, that's, I get that's the only reason I, I didn't expect it to go that thing. deep. Like I just left it at that video. I didn't do any more research. Yeah. I just saw this and I was like, huh, it's, it's funny, you know, like, and, and just thought it was <laughs> stupid, you know, like, and, and kind of moved yeah. on. Um, he sat there for two minutes and had like a serious talk, yeah. made the kid apologize. Just, no, no, no. I don't. He didn't make the kid apologize. Oh, okay. Oh, the kid. Oh, okay. He didn't. He didn't say apologize to me right now. Like, no, he didn't. That that was not how it went. Like, he. It wasn't like kid, South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Jackson. No. No. Randy Marsh. No, not like. Not like South Park. No. Um, but yeah, I, I I think there was a there was a lot of, there was a lot to it. Uh, he he sat he like explained like what he did and was kind of wrong and. Um, I know, I guess the kid agreed. So this was a, oh, my phone's going off. Uh, <laughs> a fun, fun, uh, story, I guess. Like uh, fun in the sense of like, you know, if you don't, if you, you usually, these kind of things just kind of don't happen, but if there's something people take of this and learn from it, then, uh, you know, yay, yay sports. Uh, so that was a, that was an interesting story. Uh, but the, I'd, I'd say a big, the, maybe the biggest uh, story in terms of uh, like, I guess learning um, was, was uh, about fans and stuff like that was more with the uh, NBA all-star selections. And, and you learn a lot about how fans uh, take in their, their players, obviously uh, the all-star rosters, they were just announced uh, the starters uh, and the reserves, obviously uh, the starters in the Western conference specifically there was a lot of uh, pushback because uh, Luka Doncic is going to be starting for the West instead of uh, Damian Lillard. And the only reason that's the case is because uh, Damian Lillard didn't get as many fan votes as Doncic. Um, I personally think that, that Lillard should be starting. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll run down quickly uh, the all-star teams uh, in, in the West. LeBron is the captain, obviously. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Nicole Jokic and Kawhi Leonard, and then the reserves, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, and uh, with with uh, Anthony Davis injured, Devin Booker is going to be his injury replacement. And then in the Eastern Conference, Kevin Durant is the captain, and then the starters, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. The reserves, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, who's having a great season on the Knicks, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and uh, with Kevin Durant being out, uh, Dematis Sabonis on the Pacers, he's an injury replacement, and Jason Tatum's going to start now. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? It's a lot at once. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm happy to see Devin Booker um, in the All-Star game. Um, you know, I, it comes at the expense of Anthony Davis, but it's still – I always like, like watching Devin Booker. I think he's a really talented player. Um, I'm glad – I'm also glad. Like, there was – like, that was the biggest pushback, like, that Devin Booker didn't get it, and yet Phoenix had, like – what the has like one of the five best records in the NBA and he's maybe their best player. I mean, I know Chris Paul's having a great year, but Booker's balling, man. I mean, he's, he's, no, legit. he's a great player. You just don't hear enough about, I think. Um, but as far as Damian Lillard too, um, I think that's kind of crazy that the, I, I get that like the, the fans choose the all-stars, but like, I, why, I don't think they should choose the captain or like the, I don't know the the starting well, order or anything. Well, I'm, it's not entirely the fans. I know it's like the fans, the media, and the players vote on the starters, and I believe it's the coaches who pick the reserves. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, they can't vote for their own players. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I I think this shows a lot about uh, you know marketability. The, like Lillard, I think was like he would have been a starter. 
harder had it just been the media and the players. It was like it was purely the the only vote where Doncic did better than Lillard was the fans, and that and that pushed him there. I I, I understand. I think it is a good system in terms of picking captains. Like I do think the two most popular players in both conferences. I think that's a good system. Um, but it definitely calls into question something. I mean, I know the NBA is quick to to change things that they don't like. So maybe this is this is one of those things. Um, I mean, they they changed it like they they completely flipped their All Star format last year. Uh, you know, the fourth it was like playing to a certain number of games. So um, and then of course there's like the whole debate of whether the All Star game should even be happening. But as you know, as, as if it's happening, then then I guess we'll talk about it. Um, one thing I'm interested to to see also is uh, Kevin Durant's not going to be playing, um, and that's why Sabonis is an Eastern Conference All Star, but he's the captain of a team, right? Like the captains pick teams, but he's not actually going to be playing. So I mean, the, the NBA this is this is a fairly new format. I'm very interested to see how it's going to go with with one with Kevin Durant picking a team that he's like that's he's not going to play with. Yeah, that's that's just weird. It, it's just weird. Everything about it's weird. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just it's so confusing. Um, I don't remember the All Star game, you know, uh, being this odd. Like, you got. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of factors that are new this year. Obviously, with you know, with with how the world is right now, but uh, I mean, the fact this is like their top fan engagement event of the season, uh, All Star All Star break, and uh, I mean these these are the best of the best. So I mean, I I, li- I like the creativity that's that's happened over the last couple of years, but I'm very interested to see how this weekend operates. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting for sure. All right, so the NBA All-Star game, it's coming up uh, in early March. But uh, even though the NBA is the is uh, maybe the most popular sport going on right now, obviously we still have hockey, the NFL is still making headlines. The, that's, that's the thing about the NFL. Like, even when they're not playing, they're still making headlines. And one of the most interesting headlines of them all is this stuff going on with Russell Wilson that uh, he has not – he has not requested a trade from the Seahawks, but the athletic release a story of what's been going on, how he's definitely had some frustration with how the team has run. And uh, there are four teams that he would uh, consider being traded for if, if they're traded to rather, if a trade was imminent, the Chicago bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans saints and the Las Vegas Raiders. And for more on this, we have, uh, a Washington native and a Seattle fan in our midst right here, Robbie, our man, Jacob Stevenson, who's uh, Seattle through and through. And uh, Jacob, uh, I mean, you've had Russell Wilson on your squad for, for the last while. He's helped you, you know, he's been, was there when he won the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I can imagine it's kind of startling to see Russell Wilson and trade in the same sentence. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, there's a this- Russell Wilson, the day after the Super Bowl, there was, he went on the Dan Patrick show and was talking about how, you know, he just wants to get better and he uh, wants the offensive line to improve and how just pretty much tired of losing. And there's talks about Russell being traded and what's wrong with the Seahawks, what's wrong with him. And I wasn't really too worried about it because the contract's too big. And I'm just kind of thinking there's no way they're going to trade him. And then the story comes out the other day about just kind of like what what's causing the rift and, just kind of how the last couple of years has kind of led to this point. And uh, I still don't think he's going to get traded because of the contract's too big and the Seahawks are going to want to stay competitive. And unless they can get quarterback back or a bunch of picks and to release some, uh, like some calf relief, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but uh, just the, like, just the talk about it is just kind of stressing people out. I can imagine. Um... I mean, it's not like a Detroit Lions situation where they could get a, a quarterback back in a trade. Um, I mean, the, Seattle is also like one of the most consistent franchises in, in recent memory. And so, I mean, Russell Wilson's been a been a major part of that. It would be 
it would be shocking to see him in a different uniform, I think. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's one of my favorite players, and the Seahawks are one of my favorites. As a Lions fan, you have to find other teams to root for um, as the season goes on. Um, and the Seahawks are definitely one of those teams. Um, it would be, I, I would be really sad to see him leave the Seahawks, but if he went to New Orleans, I would also be really happy because I'm a big New Orleans Saints fan as well. Um, is, yeah, I, I, that'd be crazy to see him leave Seattle. If the Seahawks do trade him, I would like him to go to the AFC so the Seahawks don't have to play him. I think that if they do trade him, they're going to get a big price back and like a big, uh, they're going to have to get a lot back because they're not going to make the deal if you don't. And Russell's such a great player, but. They're going to want to be competitive. You know, you still have Jamal Adams on your roster. You still have Bobby Wagner. You still got Tyler Lockett. You still got DK Madcalf. Like, there's still some dudes. But I, it's just, I don't know. I, I kind of always assumed Russell Wilson's going to play the rest of his career in Seattle and he's going to live in Seattle the rest of his life. But just the, I still don't think he's going to go anywhere, but just having to talk about it is just kind of surreal. Yeah. I, I think he just, I heard he wants a little bit more. Um power as far as deciding um like personnel choices and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. so i think it's more of like a i could leave kind of thing versus him actually wanting to leave like wanting to get rid yeah let's just leverage exactly Mm -hmm. and uh so last couple years of seahawks fans everybody's been yelling at the seahawks less refs cook their offensive strategy was run the ball run the ball run the ball throw deep and then they'd get down a hole, and then they would just open up the playbook, and then Russell would bail them out and come back, and they probably would win. That would happen all the time. This year, they come out, and they spread you out. They're throwing it all over the place, and Russell Wilson was historically great the first eight games. Second half of the season, you know, they kind of – other teams kind of figure out what the Seahawks wanted to do. The Seahawks wanted to drop back, throw it deep. And a little bit of playing better defenses in the last nine games to play the Rams three times. Rams are the best defense in the leagues. But the offensive line, and since Russell Wilson's been in Seattle – the pass blocking's just been terrible, especially the last few years. The Seahawks don't really spend mm-hmm. money there. They haven't drafted well there. And I think 75 to 80% of the problem the Seahawks fell apart was mixture of injuries because the offensive line was banged up. Mixture of just, you know, the scheme being figured out because, you know, the Seahawks didn't really adjust well. And, uh, yeah, Russell had some games where he didn't play that great, but I thought kind of the majority of it was scheme-related and uh, just the offensive line not playing well against good defenses. But... He, they talked about the athletics. Talked about in that article how there were some disagreements how to attack the offense, attack the defense after the Arizona game. And I think he just kind of wants more of a voice and more of like, this is my team. I kind of want to make decisions. Like, like I'm one of the best players in the NFL. Just like let me do my thing. And the Seahawks really haven't let him necessarily in the past compared to like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like those guys. I, I definitely think, I mean, I'm not a Seahawks fan. I don't really follow them too closely. I mean, obviously I watch the playoffs, but I think he deserves it. I mean, he, he was he was right there in the MVP conversation. If anything, the front runner for the first, you know, almost half of, of this past season. And then uh, and then it kind of broke down. It's interesting you mentioned, Jacob, the, the pass blocking. Um, I, I remember even back when uh, Marshawn Lynch was running for 1,300 yards a year and, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were playing well. They had a great run game. Even then, they had a reputation of a subpar pass blocking line. That they that Russell Wilson is still one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, and that he's one of the most hit and sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. So to me, that seems like the number one priority. And if I was Russell Wilson, that's what I'd be asking for. Uh, yeah, they he does hang on to the ball a little bit too long and trying to make a little bit of something, like a little bit of magic. But Seahawks, a deep throw to DK Metcalf wasn't there. It seems like at times they didn't really know what they were doing. And so, like, they didn't really have, like, another plan on offense. And for how much the Seahawks just want to throw it deep, I think part of the reason he did hang on the ball too long was because deep route's not there to, you know, first option's DK, second option's Tyler Lockett, and then it's like, okay, there's a guy in the backfield and he's got to run around. So I think kind of that was part of it too. And the Shane Waldron, the new offense coordinators from the Rams, and another thing that Seahawks fans were yelling at them about is the lack of creativity. 
as well and just lack of motion and they would run motion but it wasn't to like they didn't use it like to attack they would just use it just to kind of have a guy run around and uh hopefully that creativity the maybe some, the, using the rams plays the rams use a ton of motion they uh line up a shotgun they line up under the center and just do a bunch of different things so hopefully the creativity is going to help the seahawks help wilson especially when you have a bad offensive line yeah, uh, so I, I I agree uh, w- with uh, the notion that uh, he'll be back next season. I think it would be very difficult to see him in another jersey, uh, at least just for next season. So you can rest easy, Jacob. Uh, I feel like you 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 know it might be weird to talk about, but uh, I have a feeling he'll be back with the Seahawks in, uh, next year and for a long time to come. So thank you, Jacob. Uh, we will. See you again uh, in a couple of other topics. We got uh, another Seattle story coming up. Uh, next, though, another uh, interesting NFL story that uh, we, you know, I don't really see that often. I don't think anyone sees that often. Uh, is the story of Isaiah Wilson. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, he was an offensive lineman, went to Georgia, had a great college career. He was a 29th overall pick by the Titans. So, I mean, first round pick, first round lineman, and he was considered really, uh, really good player. And then uh, he started one game, uh, one game all season, and uh, he, he, he did not play a lot. Uh, he was on the COVID list a couple of times. He was suspended by the team uh, a couple, uh, at least once. He was arrested for DUI. And then, you know, what, what got everyone talking, uh, he tweeted out, and it has since been deleted, of course, but screenshots last forever, Robbie, as we know. Uh, I'm done with football as a Titan. No further comments. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Robbie? Because, uh, I mean, I would be freaking out. I would be freaking out if I was a Titans fan. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it sounds like that guy's got some serious problems, um, that, you know, no matter what you do, I mean, you're, you know, your draft picks already been wasted. Um, if this guy's acting like that all the time, uh, reminds me of Dwayne Haskins kind of doing a similar thing on the, the Reds. Well, at least he played in more than one game. Like, yeah, right. Was there? At least he played in more than one season. You know, like. Yeah, so, I mean, no, this, you get a little is, bit more bang for your buck, but. Um, like he, we almost played the same amount for the Titans as Isaiah Wilson. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. No. Seriously. Um, that's. You know, I I don't know what else to say about it besides that guy is just, you know, he's messed up. He screwed up his own life, um, you know, uh, more than he screwed up the Titans organization. You know, they'll get another draft pick. They'll come back around. That's all you can do at this point. Um, you know, do you really want to try and, like, fix this, you know, help this guy get out of this, this hole if he's not, you know, and bring him back onto the team? I don't know. That just doesn't, that just doesn't seem like good idea to me pretend you're an nfl gm for a sec robbie and this guy gets released because it looks like it might happen and uh, w- would you take a flyer on him like as a, as a free agent he was a first round draft pick for a reason if he didn't want a lot of money you know if you could get a really good deal on him and he was you know and he would have to you know agree to uh something to you know say i'm going to straighten out here um more so than other players on the team are going to be doing stuff like that um you know that's that's your first before you even try to start trading or you know training him to be in your on your team you know you got to get his head straight and make him a, a team player and a decent human being um you know he's not gonna just do whatever he wants regardless of what he's supposed to be doing this is giving me a lot of Johnny Manziel vibes. Let me tell you that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get, making sure football is uh, is the number one priority. Uh, a quick thank you again to uh, to Tell ABQ. Want to take a quick sec to thank them. Shout out to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, our producer uh, AJ tells us it's a magical city. So uh, thank you to uh, Tell ABQ. Um, Biggest news in sports, maybe biggest news in the country for a, for a small amount of time. Uh, Tiger Woods um, getting in a single car crash. Uh, it looks like you know he he's he's alive, which is which is a which is a great thing. Um, he 
reportedly was not under the influence of alcohol when the crash happened. Um, you know, the, the public relations statements that have been coming out have been, uh, have been encouraging, uh, I'd say, that uh, he's had some open fractures reportedly, that there were bones broken more than to two pieces um, with breaks in his skin, uh, upper and lower portions in his, uh, of the tibula and fibula of his right leg. Um, you know, I, I know he had, I, I don't, I'm not a big golf fan, but I know that earlier in his career, he had some back issues. Uh, he's had five um, back surgeries and he just got off of one, um, a couple, like a month or a couple months ago or something. Cause, uh, Jim Nance from CBS was just, just did an interview with him. and was asking him if he was going to play in the masters and he didn't know for sure yet. So he was still, mm. um, in or towards the end of like the recovery stage of his last back surgery. Yeah, uh, and I like even uh, even me as as a, as a non golf fan knows that Tiger Woods has had a lot of uh, back surgeries recently. Um, I you know obviously he's not going to be playing golf for a while, uh, you know because of this. Um, I mean, obviously, your first thoughts are, you know, is is he going to make it? And and thank God, if, if it looks like he will. But um, I I don't I don't see a situation where he'll ever play again. Yeah, I mean, depends on how you know his rehabilitation goes. Um, I'll tell you what, like I I actually saw this happen, um, like the second it broke. I was like watching the news, eating lunch, and they like broke in, and they're like Tiger Woods got in a crash. They were, you know, the helicopters like over the crash site. And I just looked, I was like looking at the car and his car rolled up a hill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how fast oh, he was going. That's was a lot watching. of momentum. Well, the, what they were saying was that this road that he was coming down on um, is, it has a very steep grade and it's very easy to pick up speed without realizing it, um, you know? And it, it's also, there's a curve there. There's actually runaway truck ramps on the road for people going out of, you know, getting out of control. And, um, you know, they interviewed people who walked up to the crash site later on. They said, yeah, no, it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, it definitely is like a, you know, you could easily crash on it. If you just weren't paying attention, you know, you could be sober and do that. Um, so and you went so someone should get on that. Someone should get on that then, you know, I feel like that that'll get fixed sooner rather than later. now with the story, right. I, I'd hope. Well, there's that, I mean, you'd have to completely change the landscape to fix it. It's just the nature of like that hilly sort of um, area. Um, but interesting, they, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like I mean, if you, you'd have to see the videos where they, um, I don't know if you, they actually put them up there, um, like a like a clip or something. I just watched them live, like cutting into like the local um, Los Angeles like news station for CBS. Um, and he he had himself positioned so you could like see the road coming down behind him. I mean, there's like no skid marks except for right where he goes off of the road. He blew through a sign. He went over a median. Jeez. And then, yeah, and then rolled up a hill. Um, and one of the guys was saying um, that they used it when I was watching it that they used the jaws of life to get him out. And they talked to the sheriff, and he he didn't want to say they used the jaws of life to get him out. But you could overhear the guy in the helicopter while they're interviewing the sheriff saying that they cut him out of the um, the windshield because the windshield of the car was like completely mm -hmm. gone. Um, and so they had to like cut him out of the car and get him out of there. You know, if you saw the, the SUV, um, I mean, it looked bad. So I was very happy to hear that, you know, he only broke his legs. You know, it was kind of his only injuries there. I mean, it doesn't sound like yeah, he really yeah. messed up his back again or, you know, um, did any serious injuries there. They're just talking about his legs. So, um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think his name is Tiger, and because of that, like that, just that's he is Tiger, and I yeah. think he, I think he, if anybody's gonna, you know, rehabilitate, I don't know if he's gonna come back as good as he was, but like I could see him competing again, um, you know. Yeah, I, 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 if anyone could do it, I guess it's an all-time great like him. Um, you know, I don't know much about the, the rehabilitating of an athlete or. Or golf, for that matter. But um, 
you know, I, I maybe, but uh, obviously the first is the first thing is making sure he's like he's good to like function and live. Um, this story, uh, real quick before we move on, this this story made me realize and and it reminded me how big he is, like in in terms of like culture, not just sports, but like in terms of like the American lexicon um of words and of phrases like you know like tigers like fist pump or whatever like the you know shooting up his fist in yeah, celebration whole, like, yeah, yeah um you know there are obviously this you know this would never i i hope this would never ever happen to anyone ever um it but it, you know there are only so many people that if this happened to them the whole country would stop and be like oh my god and Tiger Woods is one of those people. Like they're like, you know, like yeah, everyone don't watch golf, play golf, care about golf at all. Know who Tiger Woods is. Um, yeah. So it's and it's the same. You know, it's the same thing with Kobe Bryant. Obviously, when, when his tragedy happened, there are only so many athletes and people in sports that can make the whole world like stop and like think about the well-being of this person and like pray for the well-being of this person um not to say like athletes who are less famous don't deserve that as well but you know with the name recognition that tiger has it's like it's a global thing like everyone around the world you know that that's a name that you know tiger yeah. woods um so i hope uh hope that gets better i sat there and watched it for three hours after it came on the tv <laughs> you know it was like yeah. until they came out and said like you know uh, like an official statement you know He's in the hospital, yeah. but some some of this happened. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you didn't know when I first turned it on, I didn't know what happened. You know, they just said Tiger Woods got in a car accident. I was like, oh, what? you yeah. know, like I, I mean, I was glued to the TV for sure. Um, and I, you and Mil never watched others. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. <laughs> uh, unless you count Happy Gilmore, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, but. That's uh, I, I hope Tiger. I hope Tiger uh, gets gets well soon, and uh, we're all we're all thinking of him. Um, moving on to a uh, story in baseball, um, something that got a lot of uh, attention in in uh, the last week or so. Uh, the Seattle Mariners president uh, Kevin Mather uh, made comments that were leaked to the public uh, recently, where he went. He was at some kind of. Uh, club where he was making comments about players performance and their ability to speak english and and uh, you know how he didn't want to pay interpreters uh or translators and uh you know obviously talking about the manipulation of service time of younger uh, players from the minors you know hold them down for another year so you know the service time won't count and then they don't have to pay them a big contract till later all of that was on full display and it was pretty telling. And again, we go back to the Seattle well with, uh, with Jacob and, uh, Jacob, uh, you know, Seattle Mariner fans have had a rough go, uh, to say the least historically. Um, this, this is, uh, almost unsurprising. Would you say? Yeah, the uh, Mariners, I believe, have the longest playoff drought in major professional sports. They haven't made the playoffs since 2001. And then uh, Kevin Mather, Mariners president, he's been with the organization since 1986. Uh, was on a Zoom meeting with the Bellevue Rotary Club and pretty much talked trash about every important person in the organization for about 45 minutes. He mentioned uh, star pitcher Marco Gonzalez, called him boring. He called Kyle Seeger a... Uh, Mariners third baseman. He's been an all-star. He's been with the team since 2011. Uh, called him uh, overpaid, and he said that this is going to be his last year in Seattle, which led to his wife, Julie, good tweet and ask if they should put their house up for sale. Um, he talked just, just he said a lot of detail about just kind of what's going on in the club that you shouldn't say. But the two biggest things that caught the most slack were he admitted that Kellenic Mariners top prospect, top five prospect in baseball would be up right now, but they're pretty much manipulating the service time and that he won't be up until late April and that he was offered an extension six-year deal, similar to Evan White, another high prospect who, and if he would have accepted it, would have been on the big leagues last year, but he didn't, so he's in the minors. That, and then uh, he criticized um, another Mariners top prospect, one of the top 10 prospects in baseball, Julio Rodriguez's English-speaking uh, ability, 
And then Hisashi Okuma's speaking ability. He's another former All-Star pitcher who's now working for the organization. And he was complaining that he had to hire and pay for a translator for Iwakuma. So yeah, it's just a lot of just like really bad stuff. And he he resigned and he the Mariners have to do damage control now, but uh it's just bad all the way around. It sounds yeah. like he wanted to get fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean but, but just imagine like if if the if those comments were said like 25 years ago or not even 25 years ago like there would be no way of knowing that like we don't have the technology mm. or they didn't have the technology today like this was like this was an unfiltered look into like the the front office view the sadistic view of of like a penny pinching front office guy who's been in a comfy position with his organization for what he's, he's 1996 so that's that's literally like what 25 yeah. years so I mean, like th- it's not like this guy is like new to the game. It's like mouthing off. This guy was with the Mariners for for a quarter of a century, and and here he is. Like I, th- that that is like as almost as bad as it can get uh, in terms of a PR standpoint for your organization. So yeah, uh, I mean Mariners. <laughs> Mar- I mean, I know the I know the Mariners. Uh, I don't know much about the Mariners as a fan base. I just know that uh, they've had a, a long drought. I know that uh, they were like the best team in baseball in two thousand and one, uh, and then they weren't. And then they haven't been the playoffs since then. Like they lost. They had like Randy Johnson on their team. They had Ichiro. They had A Rod. They had all these like generational talents, and they. I don't know, like when I don't even know the last time they won the World Series, like you know, decades ago. They never won the World Series. Never. The, uh, in 2002 and 2004, they won 90 plus games, didn't make the playoffs. And I believe in 2002, it was the year that the A's money ball and the A's were really good. And with the wild card the way it is now, they wouldn't make the playoffs. They just didn't get in because there's only four teams, I believe, that made it. But the Mariners in the early 2000s spent a bunch of money. Their team wasn't very good, and they sent Richie Sexton, they sent Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre was good, but they sent a bunch of money to guys, had no farm system, and it didn't work, so they got really bad. And they hired Jackson Renzik, and he you know, tried to rebuild, didn't do, really work out. The fan base got mad, so he signed Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz with a bunch of money. Didn't really work mm. out. Jerry, Dep- Jerry Depoto comes, and the Mariners have been good, but they haven't been good enough to make it. They won high 80s a couple times uh one game with Sorenzi- one year with Sorenzic I believe that was 2014 they missed out the playoffs in the last day 2018 they won 90 games didn't make it 2016 they were eliminated with three games left I believe it was the final weekend and then with the Mariners pretty much being old Nelson Cruz in a big contract canal they decided to rebuild and 2022 I think is going to be the year where they like had a shot they have a lot of cap space and I can expect them to win 75 to 80 games this year, but uh, it's been just a couple of general managers not doing, spending a bunch of money when they shouldn't have, trying to rebuild and the process not being good, and just kind of anything you can do to make a bad team. Yeah, this is the first general manager where I've kind of felt good about, but uh, yeah, the players have not been a great, greatly ran organization. And as with Mather's comments, you can, you can see. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I can imagine, uh, as a Mariners fan looking at that headline, on your phone, just like, damn, like, come on, like, come on guys. We can, we can do better than this. Uh, I, the first thing I first, the way I found out, I saw it on Twitter and I had to read the whole comments a couple of times and like, there's no way. Like, and then I, like I saw like a, somebody took like a notes of like the video on YouTube and reading this stuff, I'm like, that's harsh. Like, that's rude. Like, why are you going to say that about his English speaking? Like, why are you going to complain about having to hire a translator? Like, that's like, come on. And then I like read that he's like manipulated. He like admitted to manipulate like killing the service. I'm like, oh, like, why did he say that? Like, that's dumb. Like, why is he publicly saying that? And then I kind of like let it go. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I saw like people were more people were talking about it. I'm like, oh, like this is a like, this is a big story. 
And then I read the comments again. I'm like, oh, this is bad. He's going to get fired for this. <laughs> yep. I, it was just like Robbie said. It was like as if he was trying to get fired. Um, all the things mm -hmm. that all the things that you could say to get fired were were in that that compact little uh, amount of time. Um, so, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm a fan of underdogs. So Seattle Mariners are definitely one. Uh, you know, good luck to the Mariners going forward. And, you know, hopefully you have a competent baseball team in front office who uh, who doesn't try to get fired. Uh, so uh, thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, you know, I'm glad we have a resident Seattle fan to talk about the big issues facing uh, the Pacific Northwest uh, and, the, and their sports teams. Uh, speaking of the West, uh, rough transition there, but uh, the Washington Wizards and the Denver Nuggets played a game recently. And, you know, it's not, you know, those aren't two, I would say, of a glamour franchises in the NBA. You know, they're not teams that are necessarily going to get national headlines unless, you know, you're Denver and you're making that run of the Western Conference Finals last year. But, uh, Robbie, uh, did you see the end of that game? Did, did you see what happened at the end of this game? I did not. So, so it was a two-point game, right? I'll break it down for, for the people who haven't seen it. It was a two-point game. Washington was – I think this was uh, like uh, like three days ago or two, three days ago. Wizards were up two seconds to go. There's a fast break opportunity for Denver, and it's a four-on-one fast break. Four-on-one. Uh, there's only one guy back for, for Washington, and Denver has four guys. Jamal Murray, their point guard, he has the ball. On the left side, three guys on the right. Three players on the right for the Nuggets. And they all just run to the three-point line. Like, it's a fast break. You, you know, you go to the basket. You go and that's, <laughs> that's what you should do. They, they instead... They instead I just saw the video. That's <laughs> The three-point line. Like, what are you doing? And and it ends up in a in a bad pass at the feet of one of their players who forces up a three at the buzzer. Wasn't particularly close. He missed it. And Denver loses. Uh, you know, Washington, they've been on a roll recently, but Denver is a much oh, better team than that. And they, they have four-on-one fast break. Anybody who sees this video would just be, like, outraged. I, I, I'm not a Nuggets fan. I'm outraged on how this how this happened. I have a weird story as to why I'm not outraged. I understand brain farts happen. I know better than most people. And uh, when I when I was playing basketball as a kid, my okay. my coach had trouble. I'm I'm not kidding. My coach had trouble getting me go straight to the basket. Right. So one time I got the ball on a fast break, and nobody was in front of me. And he yelled. He I was right next to the bench, and he yelled at me and said, "Take it." And I said, okay, and I stopped, and I shot a three, and I happened to make it, and it worked out. But I get why you just you, – you don't understand what you're supposed to – you just brain fart. You just, you just you know, mess up. Um, These are NBA players. They, they all went to do the same thing. Everybody thought the other guy was going to go to the basket, and they're trying to fill the holes, and then nobody went to the basket, and it's just stupid. It, this, you know? This is – it's to me, funny. this is like the perfect encapsulation of the modern NBA. Nobody cares about easy shots inside. Everyone's shooting threes. Like three-pointers are like the craze in the NBA today. Everyone is a shooter. You know, it's not as it's not as important to be tall anymore as it is to be skilled. And uh, I mean, all three guys. They all wanted him, to win. They didn't want the tie. But they also win or nothing. But also Jamal Murray, the guy with the ball, he is at fault too. He stopped as a three-point line. He stopped. He himself stopped. So really, it was all four guys at the three-point line. It was a four-on-one fast break, and they got nothing, and they lose. You hit that layup, you're tied. You know, overtime is better than a loss. Yeah, no, seriously. They just, I just they went, they went for it all and, you know, came up short. It's the, it's I agree the with you. They also went to the basket. I'm I'm a big believer in that too. But I get it. I've you know, you know. I bet they don't make that mistake again. <laughs> but they never forget that. Yeah, I uh, I can only imagine what uh, that the locker room was like, uh, like post game. Uh, they had they had an opportunity and uh, 
letting it slip away, I think, is is doing doing that term a disservice. They they <laughs> they 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 made it significantly harder for themselves to win the game. I feel like by doing that, and uh, they lost. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you don't make that same mistake again. Um, so that's we got that. Yeah. That was yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, one final topic before we sign off, uh, Albert Pujols. Um, what, what a guy, uh, I, I'll, I'll admit to you the first time I ever heard his last name, I thought it was Pujols, um, which made me laugh, but Albert Pujols, um, one of the, <laughs> right? I'm not going to be able to unhear it now. I never thought about hey, it, but now I will heard? every time anybody says his name. Albert Pujols. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening, Albert, uh, you know, we love you. You're a great player, an all-time great. Um, played a decade for the St. Louis Cardinals and then uh, signed with the L.A. Angels in 2012 and has been there ever since. Um, maybe the greatest baseball player of his generation. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, baseball has a weird Hall of Fame system, so who knows. But uh, I think he should be first ballot Hall of Fame. Um, let me just quickly list off of uh, some of his accomplishments. Uh, real quick, um, he's a member of the 600 Home Run Club, 3,000 hits, 2,000 RBI, three-time MVP, two-time World Series champion. His WAR, which is wins above replacement, is over a hundred, uh, and so he's in he's in that exclusive club. Um, why are we talking about Albert Pujols? Well, his wife posted uh, on social media that uh, his that her husband. Albert Pujols, this will be his last season um, after, you know, this will be the 2021 season. This will be his 21st season in the big leagues. Uh, and I mean, uh, one of the first players I ever thought of when I thought of the sport of baseball was Albert Pujols. And, uh, if, you know, this, this being his last season, I know there was some speculation that that wasn't actually going to be the case, but it does look like it'll be his last season and, and what a career that will be. Yeah, as someone who's not, I, I like baseball, but I don't follow it very, very closely. Um, you know, Albert Pujols is one of those guys that, you know, um, no matter what your level of baseball fandom is, he pops to pops into your head. He's um, one of the, the best players of all time. Um, you know, he 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 put fear into major league pitchers. Like he was somebody who was feared. Uh, he was feared on video games. I remember playing MLB the show and I just, I was afraid to pitch to him. Like he, this dude was out of this world. Um, it literally, I, I, you know, recently there was, you know, something that was going viral is, uh, you know, they, NASA got, got, got a, a rover on Mars and there was like images of, of the surface of Mars and somebody joked that they could see a ball like laying on, <laughs> laying on the surface. And it was like, it was a ball that he hit in like the 2005 NLCS or something like that. He had like a historically massive home run. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Like, yeah, I remember you know, losing uh, as a Detroit Tigers fan. I remember losing a couple World Series to the uh, to the St. Louis Cardinals. So, in 2006, right? Or they won. He yeah, won 2006 and 2011. Those were the those were the years he won the World Series. With the yep. with the Cardinals, um, he won the World Series with the Cardinals, and then he left, um, which is so baseball. Um, and obviously, he wasn't the player with the Angels that he was with the Cardinals, but still a pretty good damn player. I mean, he he had, he had a lot of home runs. He's not a big average guy anymore. Um, I mean, that that's just happens when you're in your twentieth season or twenty first season. But uh, I mean, look, he. he Again, two-time World Series champion. He won NLCS MVP in 2004. 2005, 2008, 2009, those are the years he won NL MVP. He obviously won NL Rookie of the Year back in 01. He, uh, a silver slugger six times and a gold glover twice. Um, you mean, if that's not a Hall of Fame resume, I don't know what is. Yeah. that's. What were you uh, – you were saying something about how the – the Hall of Fame for baseball has a works in a weird way. Why did you say that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I don't know. It, 
I don't know it uh, particularly well. I just know that you have to have like a certain percentage of the votes. I think like 75, if I'm not mistaken, you have to have like 75% of the votes to make it, um, which I, I understand like baseball has been around longer. So you, you have to have like strict standards of who's really Hall of Fame worthy. But um, yeah, it's like, it's really hard to get, it's really hard to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know that. I mean, it's hard to get into all, any Hall of Fame, obviously. But yeah. uh, I mean, he's, uh, he, he will definitely be there, I think, the moment he's eligible. Makes sense. Um, so an all-time great there, Albert Pujols, uh, his 21st season uh, in baseball, which is just absurd. Uh, a farewell tour will definitely be happening, and I'm I'm excited to see that happen. Um, yeah, I literally can I get, can't imagine baseball without Albert Poole. Like, right? Been playing, I'm only 25. He's been playing for right. 21 years. <laughs> like, that's yeah. That's uh, I've never experienced baseball without Albert Poole in there as well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 22, and so to see that uh, see him not there anymore is uh, that's something else. So uh, we will. We will see. We will say goodbye to an all-time great uh, this coming season, uh, as we will say goodbye to our listeners today. Uh, and uh, a big thank you once again to Tell ABQ. Uh, go check them out. Go go give them a listen, uh, and we appreciate them. Uh, remember, please follow Latinique on YouTube. We got a lot of fun digital stuff coming up coming up on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and connect with us on LinkedIn. And of course, don't forget to check us out at www.latinique.news. Um, a loaded sports schedule, Robbie, and uh, uh, hopefully a loaded one to come before we sign off. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna do a little bit more studying on my balls when, and when we leave. <laughs> you gotta know them. You gotta know them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that, of course, does it. For Know Your Balls, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.